episode 56 of This Developing Story. So this week just happened and I am, man, I am slammed. I'm actually working pretty, pretty hard. Um, I didn't know, I knew this was going to be a, a pretty challenging job. It's a startup. It's a, it's a job that, you know, um, a person who, who works at uh, my current company is definitely wearing many hats. That's definitely what I'm doing. Um, I'm actually, I mentioned last week, I'm really focused on the front end this, um, for this position, uh, just because the, the back end is pretty good to go and everything new that we're writing is in go and I'm not as strong there. So front end really makes sense for me. And, um, so yeah, I'm just doing a lot of front end stuff. We've got two projects, actually three projects that I'm currently actively working on. Um, one actually just PR'd and pushed to master yesterday. So I'm down to two and, um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's looking really good. It's just a, a lot of work. I've never been in a position where, um, I've been, um, juggling multiple projects, which is, uh, which is fine. It's just, uh, it's a nice skill set to start, I guess, developing at this, this stage of my career. But yeah, other than that, um, I am interviewing this podcast, uh, Kent C. Dodds. He's, uh, the host of Angular, sorry, he's not on Angular, but he helped start Angular Air. Um, he's also on JavaScript Air. Um, and he's also on a new podcast, which is React in 30. It's um, a podcast about React, and it's in 30 minutes. It has, uh, I think their second episode just came out um, within a day or so. And uh, yeah, I highly recommend checking out. It's with React, React training people. Um, JavaScript Air has quite a few different job people on there in the JavaScript community. So uh, definitely recommend checking out both those podcasts. But Kent, he's he's somebody that I keep running into um, without running into him. Um, I actually, my email to him was, I keep seeing you at all these conferences and I keep hearing you on all these podcasts. Um, I think it's time for us to chat and get to know each other. And uh, yeah, so he's like uh, super involved in the community. Um, he's definitely some, somebody I definitely look up to. Um, his just tenacity and his willingness to do something. Um, despite the fact that if whether or not he's experienced or knows much about it. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's, that's the vibe I get from him and that's the vibe I got from the conversation. So, um, hopefully guys, you get, you enjoy it. Um, recommend, uh, listening to him, listening to his podcast and I'll see you in the other. <laughs> Hi, yeah, my name is Kent C. Dodds, and uh, I've been programming for, um, let's see, I, I graduated from college uh, just about two years ago, uh, got a master's degree in information systems at BYU, and um, I was interning at a company called Domo for like a year and a half um, before I graduated, so um, that was, uh, Domo is where I started doing JavaScript stuff, before that I, I did a little bit of uh, Java on the side. And so it was like, uh, 10 to 20 hours a week of, of coding, um, for about, uh, two and a half years before I got into, uh, uh got, went full time. And now I work at, uh, uh, PayPal where I work on the cross border send money flow. So if you want to send money to somebody in another country, um, then you would use my flow that I'm working on. And, uh, yeah, I, I did a lot of angular in the early days of my um, earlier days of my career. And now I'm doing a lot more react and, uh, node stuff as well. So that's me in a nutshell. Very cool. So are uh, PayPal, uh, I guess we'll just jump right into that. Are you on, 
I know uh, from previous uh, interviews, you you work remotely. Is that correct? I do, yeah. So you're on a team by yourself or do you work with the, another team and how does that work? Yeah, I work on a team. So um, I have a, well, I, I knew somebody uh, who worked here at PayPal. His name's Jamin, uh, Jamin Ferguson. Um, I knew him or I heard of him uh, from his involvement in the Island project, um, okay. which I think is super awesome. Yep. And we met for the first time at React Rally uh, last year. Um, and yeah, and he and Jameis Charles actually uh, are on a team together. Jameis was giving a talk at React Rally. And, and so the three of us met. Uh, we became chums, I guess, um, conference buds. Um, and then through some conversations on Twitter and stuff, somehow um, I, I, I the topic came up of uh, me working at PayPal. And I had actually just um, rejected an offer from Facebook because I don't want to move from Utah. I like Utah too much. Um, the tech scene is awesome. I have a lot of family here. And I don't want to pay an arm and a leg to live somewhere that's like a fraction of the size of the house I have now. Yep. And so... And with like a two hour commute to boot. So, um, yeah. So when Jameis was like, Hey, you could come work for us. I said, Oh yeah, that's probably not going to happen. Cause I'm not, I'm not moving to California. And turns out that Jamond actually is a remote, um, worker also. So he, he moved like a year ago, um, away from the Bay area. Um, and he was like, well, I'm, I'm moving. So, um, I'd like to stay working here, but I understand if, if you don't want to. And, and they were like, Oh no, totally. We'll make, we'll make it work. So that PayPal doesn't really normally do remote, but, uh, they made an exception for, um, uh, for Jamond and because Jamond was already doing remote, I was like, okay, cool. Like this, at least, even though PayPal is not a super remote company, at least this team is remote. Um, and so I won't be like the only person doing remote stuff. And so I was interested and, and, uh, yeah, I went through the interview process and stuff and they hired me remote just uh, like six months ago. Wow, that's pretty awesome. Um, and that's also like a pretty good testament because I, I deal with a lot of people. I'm from Florida actually originally and I actually did make the jump uh, to the Bay Area um, just for uh, um, exposure reasons. Um, mm -hmm. In my actual community, I felt like uh, our, our community did not meet very regularly. I wasn't growing as fast as a programmer and I got an opportunity to move out here and uh, I've lived in Florida my whole life, and uh, I went like the opposite. I actually have very little family in Florida mm -hmm. still. Uh, everybody actually moved away. And uh, so it was time for me to think of something different. And uh, yeah, so I took the opportunity when it, when it arose. Um, but that, and also, like with my current company, we actually just hired our first two remote people uh, one in Portugal and one in Nashville. So we're, mm. um, I work for a company called Netlify, and uh, we're like very, very interested in being distribu uh, distributed first. Um, cool. And like thinking of remote first and stuff like that. So when we do meetings, stuff like that. So, um, yeah, that'd be pretty cool uh, to hear more about that. Um, I guess you're still pretty new. I I'd probably just check in with you in the future and see how that's working with you. Cause, uh, I, I am very interested in working remote. Yeah. Yeah. So far, so far, so good. Like it's, it's been really awesome. I think a couple of things have been really key for me just being, um, I, so here in Utah, housing is, is not like dirt cheap or anything, but it's, it's not nearly as expensive as other places. And so I have a you know, a sizable house where, um, we have an extra room in the basement that we turned into my office. And so I'm, um, like stairs and two doors away from the rest of the house. I have three children who totally love to hang out with me and stuff. 
um, but that like it makes it hard during the workday. And so, um, yeah, so having like that very isolated space has been really helpful. Um, and then like I do a lot of open source and stuff like I collaborate with people remotely, like uh, on a lot of other things, not just work as well. So having that experience was really um, was really useful. Like the the real challenge with remote is developing relationships and especially coming into a company remote. Um, uh, that is a little bit of a challenge also, but so far it's been, been really, uh, really good. And, and not having a commute is awesome because that time goes to my family and yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's just amazing. Yeah. So I, I think I've been spoiled and I don't think I'll take a job where I can't do remote. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I, I feel like once I make that jump, I'll probably be just as spoiled. Um, I also mm-hmm. have, I have a small child too. I have a two year old and, cool. uh, uh, which is the reason why I, only, I don't work remote more than once a, a week. Um, because usually he'll get used to me being here and then he'll start asking for me in the middle of the day or yeah. looking for me. Um, but usually one day a week, he's usually fine. We don't break the routine too much. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's a, uh, it's interesting. Uh, but you, you mentioned a point, um, about open source. Uh, I wanted to ask you about that too. So I know you, so you're involved in the Angular community or do you still do Angular as of today? Not really. No, I, I actually, um, I haven't really really done much Angular since I started at PayPal. Um, PayPal does like, uh, you know, each team kind of gets to choose what they do, and and the team yeah. that I'm on is is doing React. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I haven't done Angular in a long time, but I I was really into the Angular community for a couple of years. Um, totally loved it. I still love that community and stuff. It's just. So did you yeah. get a chance to get involved in any open source projects, or did you start any of your own um, while you're doing Angular? Yeah, I did. Uh, so I I have several um, pretty heavily used projects in the Angular community. Uh, the most notable for sure is a library called Angular Formly. And that just, um, it's a forms library for Angular. It, make, it, it allows you to, um, uh, to declare your, your form configuration as a JavaScript object rather than HTML because like writing forms in HTML is extremely repetitive. And yeah. so you just define all your forms using JavaScript and it spits out a form for you. Okay, very cool. Yeah, I think uh, one of my coworkers bu- built something very similar to that. Actually, my a previous coworker at my previous job. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I did a little bit of Angular, uh, but by the time I got comfortable in it, um, we started a React project. And I got moved to that. So um, I don't know too much about Angular. So what is your, what's been your experience, I guess, moving from Angular to React? Because I know that comes up a lot, especially in the React community and people interested in changing towards it. Um, what's your experience been? Well, um, I I actually, so I, I just started a new podcast called React 30. And we, um, we recorded, it's with Ryan Florence and Michael Jackson. And okay. the three of us recorded uh, our first episode yesterday. Um, and in it, we talked about how we got into React. And so I think that same story kind of applies here. So I was actually on my way to the first ever NG comp here in, in Salt Lake, um, the official Angular conference, uh, the first one in uh, 2014. This is in January. And when I first like heard my, uh, like anything notable about uh, React, I was listening to uh, JavaScript ja- uh, JavaScript Jabber podcast about React, and like driving to ng-conf, hearing about React, and I was like, "This sounds cool," but I'm on my way to ng-conf. This is gonna be awesome. But it wasn't just like a couple days later before I I decided to give React a, a little bit of time, 
um, and, and just play around with it, build something with it. And I totally fell in love. Um, but like for, for the next year and a half, my job, my full-time job was still Angular. I still totally loved Angular, but uh, like learning React and, and thinking about some of the principles made me a better Angular developer too. Um, and so like, that's why I think it's important that people don't just like shut themselves off and, and focus on a single framework or, or um, anything like that, but just because like the lessons that you can learn from other frameworks are so valuable um, and they can make you a, a better developer overall. Um, but yeah, so for like a year and a half, I, I was looking for opportunities that I could do more, uh, more React. Um, and, and really like it, it's not so much React uh, because it's kind of interesting. Even though I like the framework that I'm using at work is React, I spend a lot more time just writing JavaScript. Uh, whereas with Angular, yeah. I spent a lot of time writing Angular templates and Angular, like using Angular APIs. Uh, with React, the API surface is just so much smaller, and and I, I feel really comfortable being in that kind of a situation. And Angular two is going to be good, I think, for the community as well because there's there's going to be a, a bit more JavaScript there, but the API there is still a lot bigger. Um, and so I, I think uh, I I prefer uh, React over Angular two as well. Um, but, uh, I think I kind of maybe strayed away from your question, <laughs> but hopefully that's helpful. No, that's actually, that is really helpful. Cause I know a lot of people, I get a lot, this question a lot. Cause uh, I, I blogged and I'm not out, uh, out in the community as much as you, I guess, I don't know. It's, it's all relative, but I get a lot of people reaching out to me and asking about like frameworks and what to choose. And I try to shy people away from choosing and getting into a camp and actually just learning fundamentals. Mm -hmm. Um, because I, I went the route of actually, I came through Ember first and then I ended up learning Angular at that, and now I'm doing React. And I, I can value knowing those three frameworks uh, plus actually knowing JavaScript because now I am flexible enough to know, like, Immutable JS is not a specific to React um, framework, mm -hmm. but the idea of it, I understand because I know JavaScript and I know the importance of it. So totally. and also other different, like, plugins and libraries to use. I know the importance of it, and I can weigh the pros and cons because I've had experience in a couple different frameworks so yeah yeah so like it's interesting you you say that because just yesterday i answered a question on uh, i have a ask me anything on github and ama um and just yesterday somebody asked had asked me a question about like should i learn angular or should i re learn react and my response was well you should learn javascript um and and just like focus your energy on that and then obviously, like, we've got to make a living. We've, we, you know, we got to actually ship stuff. Nobody's going to be shipping vanilla apps anymore. Like, you, you're going to be really slow doing that. And so learning a framework, framework is valuable. But uh, I, I think it's in, uh, what the advice I gave uh, this person was, um, like, try to focus on learning fundamentals and, um, and then do the hello world of each. And, it, like, if, if it's all the same, like, you have just as much opportunity work-wise or whatever it is, um, then just do the hello world for each of them and pick the one that seemed more interesting to you and, and learn that one. And then like, but like, don't totally shut yourself off to the other. I think that's, uh, that's a good pro tip. Yeah. That's a, that's a really good advice too. And I don't think I explain like the audience that I get mainly. Uh, it's a lot of people who are interested in getting into developing and towards the more junior side of developing. So I think this uh, advice is actually really good. Um, for my listeners, uh, for sure. Sweet. Cool. So I want to segue into a another question. I guess it wasn't really a segue when I say it's a segue, but uh, anyway. <laughs> uh, 
So you're you're pretty involved in conference speaking too. And I know your the conference I, I noted to you in the email at Forward JS about um uh the, the title slips me, but it was basically how to get in get do you remember what the title was? Yeah, yeah, it's zero to sixty in software yeah. development. How to jumpstart your career? Yes, yes, very cool. So you and you shared a bit of like how you got started. Can you share, uh, I guess, the cliff notes of what you entailed in that that actual conference talk? So yeah, basically, um, I I kind of talk a little bit about my history. So um, sort of what I, I talked about earlier. I'm, I'm I'm pretty new in the software space. Um, and like I haven't been doing this for very long, but I've been able to jump into the community really quickly. And so that was kind of the, you know, people ask me like, how did I, how did I get into involved so quickly and, and like learn, um, what I have so, uh, so quick. And, uh, and also like I, I, so I, I have a bunch of podcasts, uh, that I do and I have, um, I, I am an instructor on Egghead.io, a, like a training site for web development. I have like coming up on a hundred lessons on there and oh, wow. um, yeah, several other like speaking engagements and stuff. And so like, yeah, people will often ask me like, how did you do this so quickly? And uh, my first slide to say like, how did I do this? Um, it has three words on it. These are the three most important things um, that helped me uh, get to wh where I am, wherever that is. And that's privilege, privilege, and privilege. I like people will not knock me for saying this just because like I, I don't even know why people knock uh, knock privilege, but we need to talk about privilege. It's such a huge part of how we get to where we are. Like the fact that we get to use a computer is privilege. Um, and so like I'm I'm a white male. I'm straight. I like grew up in a really strong family. These these things like I could not have possibly been able to do the things that I've done without the privilege that I've had. And, um, it's not really something that you can change, but you can do the best that you can based off of your circumstances. And if you do have privilege, I think it's important that you recognize that so that you can see others who are not as privileged as you and try to lift them up and, and help them, um, you know, in their lack of privilege. Yeah, so that's good. I think it's important that we recognize that. Um, and so then, yeah, I talk about, kind of the, the process of developing skills. Um, and so the, the first step is to learn and, and you learn by consuming as much as possible. And so I have this slide where I have like a whole bunch of things that I, I consume. I consume a lot of curated content. Um, and I, I think that's a really valuable thing like podcasts, newsletters, um, even Twitter can be really valuable. Um, and so like being just exposing yourself to a ton of different um uh, like different sources of information is really valuable. It can get really overwhelming in this industry because there's just so much out there. Um, but like, it's okay to glaze over it and not read every single thing that you see or listen to every podcast that you like that comes across the table for you. Um, but just like exposing yourself to a ton of stuff and then you can figure out uh, where you can dive deep um, on that stuff. Um, and then learning from others is, is really valuable too. Like if, if you're at a company where there are really smart people, um, have conversations with them, ask them questions and, and like challenge what they say and, um, and ha like listen when they challenge what you say, those things are really valuable. Um, uh, and then with the stuff that you're really actually interested in, um, uh, like you, you've consumed all this stuff and exposed yourself to a bunch of stuff. And then there's 
like there are a couple of things that you're going to be like, yeah, that's really interesting to me. Like React sounds awesome or like Cycle.js or RxJS or like whatever else. Um, and so then go out and build something with it. It can be something that's useful uh, to the world um, or it can be like to do MVC or like it, it doesn't have to really be super useful uh, necessarily. You'll probably be more motivated if it like is automating some part of your life. But uh, even if it's not, um, the process of building and messing up um, is how you're going to learn it. And so, yeah, there's like so many like valuable things about just actually doing something and building. Uh, and that whole process of, of building, you're going to make mistakes and, and that's how you're going to learn. So then uh, you've made these mistakes you've, and you've accomplished something uh, then it's really important to solidify your learning by teaching what you've learned. And so uh, go out and uh, give conference talks uh, or meetup talks, give workshops to your uh, coworkers or, or at, um, you know, just in your community. Um, like I, I've, I've put together work when I was in school, I put together a couple workshops with my classmates to teach them Angular. Um, and I learned a ton about Angular doing that because uh, actually, one of my favorite quotes from Ashley G. Williams, uh, she works at NPM. Uh, she says, teaching is nature's way of letting you know how sloppy your understanding is. I think that's so true. Um, and so like once once you have to like start to teach something to somebody, it, it you, you realize, oh, I actually don't understand how this works. And so then you have to dive deep and, and understand and like figure it out. And that's um, it's a really valuable way to like solidify your understanding if you think about it you can't really grow unless you stretch first yeah um and that's literally what it is like if you always are comfortable within your certain boundaries similar to like our conversation about angular versus react if you're just comfortable in one of them and you never actually stretch yourself to learn the other or stretch yourself to learn something different then it's, it's hard to grow for sure yep totally yeah, that's exactly it um yeah and so then there are just a, a couple other like pro tips from that talk like um I, I try to do as much as I possibly can for free. And so open source and blogging and screencasting. And, and if I'm giving a talk at a meetup um, and they're not recording it or something, then I'm going to record my screen and put that on YouTube. Like take all of the stuff that you're doing already and try to um, make it so you can publicize that. And so even like conversations that I have with people, like if I have a question um, about like, okay, I just heard about this cool AWS Lambda thing. I don't really understand it very well. Does somebody out there understand it? Um, let's have a conversation about that. And uh, like, I can ask my questions, but do that publicly so that other people can benefit from that as well. Um, and I, I did this with Dan Abramoff on, um, Redux and, um, and some other, other like reactive tools stuff that he was working on. And, uh, like, it's really cool because when you and when you do these things publicly, people are more interested in talking to you anyway because they they feel like they're not just talking to you; they're talking to the hundreds or even thousands of people that could potentially be watching that conversation. So, yeah, like doing doing a bunch of stuff for free has been really valuable for my career. Um, yeah, and then the last thing that I I end up with on on that talk is the importance of being nice in the community. Um, like people just don't want to work with you. If you're not nice, um, you're not really going to get very far if you're not nice. So yeah, really important to be nice. And yeah, that was pretty much, 
the gist of my talk. That was probably a little longer than you were looking for, but hopefully it was helpful. No, it was, it was super helpful. And I'm definitely going to link uh, your your actual video of your talk uh, in the show notes. So that way anybody listening could um, get anything that they missed um, while listening. Cool. Thanks. Awesome. Yeah. And then finally, uh, I wanted to touch on these podcasts that you're doing. So you mentioned React Dirty. Um, there's JavaScript Air. Mm-hmm. And are you, you're not involved in the Angular one, are you? No, I, I started that one uh, November 2014, and uh, I ended my involvement with that in November 2015. Okay. So, yeah, went a year, and then the, I, I actually I stopped doing Angular Air, not because I w- I'm not interested in Angular, I don't care about Angular or whatever, uh, but because I just don't have time to do it all. And so, yeah. like, running a podcast takes a ton of work and, and react 30 is it's really nice because I'm not actually I'm running some, some of it but I'm not doing all of it and, and um, it's kind of react trainings thing uh, that I'm just hitching a ride on um, and so I, I can do that but uh, yeah I, the other thing is like I, I really don't do angular anymore and so I'm not I like I have no context around the framework uh, these days and so I wouldn't be the right person to host it anyway so yeah. Um, but I still think it's cool. Um, and then, oh yeah. And if we're talking about podcasts, um, I do have one other, it's a three minute podcast. If you go to briefs.fm, it's, uh, this platform for a three minute podcast. It's really interesting. You just record some audio. You can do it on your phone or whatever and uh, email that to, and it can be three minutes or shorter. Um, you email that to this special email address and they'll publish it as a podcast. And so it's, pretty cool it uh, it's like i can spend uh, a half hour writing a blog post or i can spend three minutes recording a, a quick podcast it's it's really cool so i that's uh it's called three minutes with kent oh cool yeah i've heard about Bruce and i i uh remember when a lot of people were jumping on the bandwagon for it and at the time this podcast was actually a five minute podcast oh week. cool um but i decided to go a different direction with this podcast um and rather just add my brief to the beginning of this podcast and then interview people. So, yeah, so I never actually jumped in there, but uh, yeah, I'll definitely, uh, I'll link that in the show notes as well. So do you, do you see yourself um, as getting more podcasts? On, like, are you, are you growing a network? I don't know if that's your goal, but. Uh... Yeah. So when I started the uh, Angular Air, it was just kind of like, I want to do something cool for the community. And I also like, I wanted to be on a podcast. I listened to JavaScript Jabber and Adventures in Angular, and I thought it was super cool. I wanted to have conversations with these people uh, that were super awesome. And so I I realized that if I could give um, these awesome people a forum to talk about the things that they're working on, that they'd come and talk with me about it. And so I'd I'd get a really cool opportunity to talk to some really awesome people. And, um, you know, and like, all I have to do is make that conversation public and those people will be interested in talking to me about it. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of how it started as like a service to the community. Um, I never really planned on, um, like opening it up to JavaScript air or anything like, like, or, or even starting a a react podcast or anything. It was always just kind of like, I just want to do this cool thing for the community and, and be able to talk to cool people. Um, and uh, I actually kind of fun story when I switched from angular air, uh, and I was going to start a, a new podcast, I was like 
I was going to buy the domain reactair.com. So yeah, I was sitting there at the checkout with uh, reactair.com and I thought, you know, I'm, I may be using React in the next year or two years or three years maybe, um, but like maybe not. I'll definitely be using JavaScript though. And so I, I, deci I decided to switch it to javascriptair.com uh, and I'm glad that I did because there's like as cool as React is, and I, I am doing a React podcast now, um, JavaScript Air has just been, it's, it's exploded in popularity. I've, I've been really surprised um, pleasantly. So, um, but uh, yeah, somebody actually asked me if they could start React Air and they bought the domain and uh, I think they're, they are going to start it, which is cool. Um, but uh, yeah, doing podcasts are, is, is a lot of fun. It gives you an opportunity to chat with people that you might not be able to. Um, and so I'm glad, glad that I'm doing it. That's, that's cool. Um, so yeah, like li literally your, your reasoning to do a podcast is like the same reason for me to, to pivot and start interview, interviewing people just like you. Um, I felt like I didn't really know a lot of people in the industry. And uh, so yeah, that's my whole excuse for doing this podcast today too. It's just like reaching out to people cold, cold and uh, finding out how they got into developing. So that's pretty awesome. Hmm. So yeah. as far as JavaScript Air, all the people that are on there, you did not have like relationships with them prior or did how, how did they get all those? Because uh, I know you have a panel and then you also have guests. Yeah. How did you get to know the panel? Was it all just reaching out to them asking if they want to be on? Yeah. So that actually, like I get asked that a lot because uh, if you look at JavaScriptAir.com and go down to the bottom there, there's the panelists. There's some really awesome and really well-known developers um, in in the panelists there. So um, the first, I, I think Kyle was the first panelist that I um, I reached out to. Uh, Kyle Simpson is really extremely um, prolific in the community, does a lot of open source and a lot of teaching, uh, especially with front end masters. And um, I, I think the first chat that I had with him was I, I asked him to review some of my titles or uh, some proposals I was going to come up with for Fluent Comp, and so I think that was the first time that like we'd ever talked. And then I just kind of out of the blue, I said, "Hey, Kyle, I'm starting this new podcast. I'd like you to be a part of it." And he actually was going to, um, I, he, I'd already scheduled to have him come on Angular Air to talk about the importance of learning JavaScript. And so he decided that he'd join me um, on JavaScript Air, like uh, as a panelist. And we announced it together on my last episode of Angular Air, which is the importance of learning JavaScript, which I think was poetic almost. It was, it was good. Um, but then I, I also, uh, I knew Dan Abramoff from Webpack. Uh, when, that was when I first met him on, on uh, the Webpack Gitter. And uh, he was really helpful and, and we chatted a little bit um, and then just got to know each other mostly through Twitter and stuff. Um, and so I, I asked him to join me. Oh, and actually he was interviewing with Facebook about the same time that I was. And, um, and so like, I knew that he had accepted an offer with them. And, and so I asked him like about his decisions and stuff. So we just kind of built a relationship there and then invited him on the podcast. He said, yes. And I was blown away. Um, and Brian Lunsdorf, uh, I knew him through Egghead, um, Ihani Ekechiku. Yeah. I never say his name, right? Ekechiku. Um, he was recommended to me from Ryan Florence, um, and I'm glad to have him on. 
Uh, he's an awesome developer too. He he does uh, some other podcasts as well. Yeah, I actually listen to the other ones he does. Cool. Yeah, yeah. And then Lynn Clark is an awesome developer. I I I think that uh, my first um oh yeah so my first interaction with her was I was saying like I tweeted something about um uh, semantic versioning like you know most people don't understand how semver works um something like that um or like yeah I don't, semver is confusing I don't, I don't remember exactly what it was and she ended up building an app uh that you can go to now it's semver.mpmjs.org and it's super awesome i use it all the time to like test my semver ranges and stuff but oh, wow. uh yeah so she asked me to review that and then i started reviewing her code cartoons um and then we yeah we just developed a relationship there and we met at conferences and stuff and so yeah like all these people i developed a relationship with matt zabriskie is one of my best friends actually uh, he's here in utah we worked together for a while um it's kind of funny story with him is i uh he recruited me to work at, at a company called at task. And then I was re recruited away like two months later and uh, he had to give his referral bonus back <laughs> because I wasn't there long enough. <laughs> so sorry about that, Matt. <laughs> um, and then Pam Selly, I met at uh, Midwest JS the uh, like 2014. Um, she's awesome. And, and so I was happy to have her on. I think she's got a podcast as well. Turning complete, I think. And then yeah. uh, Ty, uh, Tyler McGinnis is also a, a good friend of mine. Uh, he and I sort of went to school together. He was a year ahead of me. And uh, yeah, uh, we're, uh, we both do egghead and stuff. And uh, you yeah. Guys so the same high school? Uh, no, same college. Same college. Oh, yeah. Okay. BYU. <laughs> all right. Okay. So that's all of my panelists. <laughs> wow. What honestly, like if anybody was paying attention, um, it basically had the moral from what I got from that. It's like literally just get out there and meet people. Yeah. It's, it's to, like get out of your basement, like literally, I guess for you and, uh, <laughs> and like go out there and like go to meetups, go to talk to people and get on Gitter or, or Slack or whatever. It seems like that. It seems like most people, and it seems like I, I was, wasn't aware of this when I first started doing JavaScript because I came from the Ruby community. Um, but JavaScript, I, it seems like the community is just as, open to answer your questions and like um respond to like your your inquiries and stuff like that so mm -hmm. um that's like pretty cool like I'm, I'm pretty encouraged myself i feel like i can probably reach out to more people when i'm stuck and have questions or just want to get reviews on conference proposals um mm -hmm. yeah i think i need to do that a lot more yeah like i think it's just important to to not be afraid uh to reach out and like ask you know, ask for help or, or offer help. Um, and um, like, so this isn't something that uh, many people know, but when I was in uh, at BYU, um, like my sophomore year or something, I don't even know where this came from, but I, I remember noticing uh, as I was walking around campus that like, if you tried to look at somebody in their eye, like, they would pretend that you didn't exist and look up at the mountains or they would look at their phone or like, you know, people just didn't like making eye contact with people they didn't know. And that drove me crazy. I'm like, we're all people here. We're all like, we have so many things in common. Why don't we just like say hello? Like I would wave at people and they would totally ignore me. And so um, I started this club. <laughs> it's funny. Um, called I say hi. 
And I, I actually got this little wristband on my desk right now. Uh, it was one of those, like, you remember the... Uh, yeah, the, like the uh, rubber bracelets around yeah, that area? Yeah, those little rubber bracelets. Yeah, it's just this, like, bright lime green uh, wristband. It says, I say hi on it. Um, and basically, the whole idea of the club was uh, you'd just say hi to people, like people you didn't know. You'd sit down to some uh, with somebody new at at, uh, at lunch or like you uh, if you were walking in the same general direction, instead of just walking the whole way uh, without talking to each other, you'd like strike up a conversation. And so I, I uh, got a lot of people involved in this and, and it was it was a lot of fun. We had like a couple parties and stuff where you'd come and just meet people. The whole object of the of the event was to meet people you'd never met before. And I think like that same kind of thing has just kind of driven the way that I've interacted with people at conferences and things is like, I'm not afraid to go sit by people. I'm not, uh, I don't know. And, um, and just strike up a conversation because everybody's interesting. Like we all have different experiences and we can learn from each other. Um, and I I think that's been, uh, that's served me well. And I would hope that, um, other people would do the same, uh, because I think it's, it's really valuable. Well. That's awesome. And I, I think on that note, usually I ask like uh, if you have any, adv- any advice for the uh, listeners. Um, but I feel like this whole podcast has like this, like lots of like great advice uh, for people to take and like really run with as like a new developer or a junior developer. So I won't ask that question because I feel like you just answered it. Like, <laughs> you just answered it over and over again. Hopefully it's helpful. Yeah, I, I, I'm pretty, pretty sure it will be. Um, but yeah, on, on that note, um, is there any, as we wrap up, is there any way people can follow you, um, on the internet? Um, I'll leave that open-ended depending yeah, on sure. where you want people to find you. Yeah, I'm, I'm on the internet. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, um, the best place to, to connect with me is on Twitter. Um, uh, so I'm, at, I'm at Kent C. Dodds pretty much everywhere. So, um, uh, there's like kentcdodds.com is a really underwhelming uh, site for myself. And uh, then I'm Kent C. Dodds on GitHub and, and Twitter and yeah, pretty much everywhere you can imagine. Um, so yeah, if you want to connect with me, I, I should say um, that I won't connect with people who I don't actually know on LinkedIn. And so, yeah, if, if you do want to connect with me, just tell me who you are and how we know each other. Um, I, I just feel like it's important to protect the network that I have. I don't know. Maybe it, it's stupid and I should just connect with everybody. But no, anyway. I, I, I agree with that. Um, don't accept everybody, yeah. <laughs> especially on LinkedIn. LinkedIn's a little, it's interesting because I came from a sales background. So mm. my network is mainly salespeople. So that's why I still have LinkedIn. Mm. Um, but then I also get like random like recruiters and individuals i'm not really sure who they are and i tend to not accept those also yeah so, awesome well i can thank you very much uh for coming on uh one last question what does the c stand for in can see dodds christopher okay you know for some reason i thought christopher um it made <laughs> sense to think christopher but uh yeah cool yeah actually so th- that's kind of funny too the um ben lesh um who works at netflix and he's he's working on rxjs5 um he um, interviewed me on another uh, podcast called Modern Web, and uh, he decided that my middle name stood for uh, Chimichanga. So there you go. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Ask. I should <laughs> kept that legacy going. Oh uh, no, no, Christopher, it is. <laughs> awesome. Well, again, thank you very much for coming on, and um, hopefully, uh, if anybody has questions for you, they reach out to you. They'll watch your 
um, egghead videos. We didn't really go too deep into that, but I've actually watched quite a few of those as well. Great. Um, yeah, definitely. Everybody check those out. Uh, check out your work on GitHub and follow you on Twitter. Oh yeah. And I, I should also mention if, if people like, if anybody has questions about any stuff uh, that I've talked about or anything in general, I do have my AMA ask me anything, um, on GitHub. It's, uh, you can go to the short URL. It's kcd.im slash AMA and I'll take it. You right to it. Cool. Also going to be in the show notes. <laughs> awesome. Thanks again, Kent. Yeah. So that was Kent. Super awesome conversation. Super humble guy. I'm just like, again, I'm just like super impressed that I was able to get him on the podcast and get him chatting about his story. Um, next week I've got, uh, some, uh, someone else on the podcast is actually booked in the can. I'm actually editing it today. So I am good to go. And, um, I alluded to, well, actually Kent alluded to, um, the react and 30 people doing the react training. Um, they do that. Um, Ryan Florence and Michael Jackson, um, they, I'm actually going to be attending their training next week, um, advanced react. And, uh, I'm looking forward to it. Super excited about it. So the next time we talk, uh, I'll be able to give like a little, um, update slash like review on my experience in the advanced react uh, react training and uh yeah i'm looking totally looking forward to it looking forward to getting better as a developer and also um understanding some of these things that i just continue to either have to google and search and read blog posts on um it'd be nice to um, be a little bit more comfortable in some of these advanced react topics um so other than that um this podcast is i guess in the can as they say and uh, i will see you guys next week I, I just totally forgot what you asked me to say. <laughs>